All right, high five your neighbor. Tell them, neighbor, God is in the house. Tell your other neighbor, the one that doesn't want you to touch him, neighbor, God is in the house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Welcome, 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 welcome. Oh, wow. We're going to get right into the word of God. We have a special guest I'm going to introduce in a few minutes here, all the way from Israel, from Jerusalem. Matter of fact, let's do it now. Help me welcome Dr. Wade Hilton, please. All the way from Jerusalem, please stand. From Jerusalem. Pastor Wayne is the founder uh, 39 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Was that right? The founder of, of what is now known as the largest Christian church, the largest evangelical church in all of Israel, uh, King of Kings Church, beautiful church. I've been there, had the privilege of preaching there. Now he oversees a network of, of institutions, churches, networks that are committed to seeing the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, the Jewish people around the world uh, just thriving. And it's firm. It's the Fellowship of Israel-Related Ministries, and he oversees that. I've had the privilege of serving on his board now for seven years. And he's amazing. He's going to pray over us. Uh, that, that Jerusalem blessing, you ain't leaving without it. So you're going to pray for us when we dismiss here in a few minutes. Can you do it? And do it in Hebrew, and, and I'll do it in Stockton. Um, and Seriously, because that's anointed too. It is. It is. It is. It is. Uh, here it is. First Kings chapter 18. Open up your Bibles quickly. For the past few weeks, we, are, we have been preaching all be, before conference on what heaven starts. Uh, I can't hear you up here. So what heaven starts. So that's our collective theme for this series. Make sure you go to the, the Spotify, iTunes, listen to the podcast, watch the video on YouTube. And in the past few weeks, we have this commitment of holy troublemakers we have been preaching on this idea that you can be a holy troublemaker and there is an ecosystem for change. What is the ecosystem for change? How do things change in your life, in your family, in your community, in your generation? How do you change things here? In this thing here. In my perspective, it's really big. This thing here. Right? How do you change that? And there's a biblical outline, an equation. You show up. Somebody say show up. You speak up. Somebody say speak up. speak up. You stand up. Somebody say stand up. Stand up. Somebody say show up. Show up. Speak, up. speak up. Stand up. Stand up. If you do these three things, everything around you will change. They will change. They have no other choice but to change. It is the ecosystem of change. If you're, if you're here for the first time, I want to lay this out for you. Quick story. Once upon a time, there was a famous prophet. His name was Elijah. Very famous prophet. Very unorthodox. He would dress awkwardly, differently, he would, his diet was different, and, and just a very different person. He shows up one day, he's a prophet, he hears from heaven, prophets are weird. They just are. Prophetic people are like weird. They act differently. So this Elijah was an interesting person. He walked up one day to the most powerful political figure in his nation, the president, the king. Looked at him and said, enough is enough. You're corrupt. What you're doing is evil. Your wife, whoo, she's a witch. There, and by the way, has not pastors, should pastors preach like that, telling people that women are witches? That's not my word. The Bible says she is. So I'm just repeating. Again, I don't make the pizza. I deliver it. So the Bible says she was wicked, wicked. 
So he comes along one day and looks at the king and says, enough, it's enough. It's not going to rain now. The king went, what? Not going to rain. No more rain. And for three years, guess what? No more rain. Wow. Three years later, this guy's wife, the king's wife, Jezebel, is looking for him. She already killed his friends. Killed his friends. Hey, you're a friend of that guy? Good, you're dead. Went around killing his friends. He comes up, Ahab, and he hears that this guy's finally appearing after three years. And Elijah's here. Shows up after three years. The guy who prayed no more rain. Now there's a drought. There's starvation. Animals are dying. People are suffering. There's a revolt brewing in the place. Politically, it's not good. Inflation is high. So many things are going bad, right? All of a sudden, the king looks at him and says, sees him for the first time in three years and says, Aha! The troublemaker! Here you are, troublemaker. You finally showed up. Troublemaker. And this guy, the prophet, this is what he says, 1 Kings 18, 18. I have made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. You and your family are the real troublemakers. That's some trash talking back to the most political, you know, the most powerful person in, in, in the nation. It's you. You have refused to obey the commandments of the Lord. You have worshipped the images of Baal instead. Watch. I mean, that, that's just crazy. That's, you're talking back to the Mac Daddy Mac. That's just, who put you authority? And then the prophet looks at the king, the most powerful God, and, it, and then says, now that I've told you who you really are, now summon all of Israel to join me at Mount Carmel along with 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who are supported by Jezebel. So Ahab, verse 20, so Ahab summoned all the people and did what Elijah told him. Stop! This makes no sense. This would be equivalent to now, I'm not, I'm not comparing our current president with any of that or even our former president. I'm just giving you an idea of what the power of the prophetic looks like. It would be equivalent to if I called President Joe Biden or Donald Trump when he was in office, if I would have called them and said, I, Sam Rodriguez, man of God, say this. Bring all the members of Congress to Sacramento, all of them. Matter of fact, I'm busy Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon. I have a many petty on Monday. Tuesday, I have to go to Starbucks with my beautiful wife. Um, and so Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday about 12, I'm open. You, Mr. President, I want you to bring all of Congress. You know what? Not just Congress. All the members, all the members, the Supreme Court justices, bring them in. And all the members of Congress, you're going to meet me in Sacramento. Because we're going to see who the real God is. Now, if I would do that right now, in about 15 minutes, Secret Service would show up. They would take me away in a padded wagon to a special place. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, just to say a special place. So I, but he did that. Now, what's intriguing to me is what Ahab did. This is what Ahab did. You're a troublemaker. You, you're a troublemaker. The troublemaker says, you're the troublemaker, and now you're going to do what I tell you to do. And this guy says, okay. <laughs> that really happened. Does that make any sense? Dude, that's what the biblical term for it is. Dude, you're the most powerful political governmental authority. You're the man. You're the king. And you're obeying that prophet. 
Why in the world would Ahab obey a troublemaking prophet? Somebody say integrity. Elijah's integrity, Elijah's influence, Elijah's testimony. He prayed three years before, no more rain, and it did not what? In other words, Elijah is a troublemaker, according to Ahab. He's problematic. He's a nuisance, which is fancy for he's a pain. But when he prays, when that pain prays, God responds. I'm here to tell you, they may not like you, but they will respect you. They may not follow you on Facebook, but they will respect you. They may not share your posts, but they will respect you. Stop looking for people to like you and start expecting people to respect you. Are you with me right now? Respect arises when people see God answer our prayers. Let me say that one more time. Respect will arise when people see God answer our prayers. When we show Ahab God's power, then he will follow. I don't know if you're getting this. Your prayer, when God answers your prayers, that testimony is your legitimacy. Even, even people that don't like you, people that talk smack about you, even your haters are going to end up going like, I can't stand that person, but boy, the last time that person prayed... I can't stand him. I don't even like the way he dresses. I don't like the way he talks. But that man, that guy prayed. That guy prayed for my mama. And she had stage four cancer. And that cancer, all of a sudden, she went to the doctor. And the oncologist said, where is the cancer? The cancer disappeared. I'm here to tell you to get ready. You're about to get a reputation. You know what your reputation will be when you pray. Pray, God. God answers. With those, when those in power, when those that persecuted you, when those in authority witness God's answering your prayers, they will not only respect you, they will submit to your authority. I don't want to get edgy here, not that we ever get edgy here, but why doesn't Uncle Sam, the Supreme Court, or the culture respect truly the church. Maybe because they hear us, but they don't see the fruit of what they hear. Maybe we need a church to really show them that, that, whoo, that, that God answers prayers. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. James 5, 16. Are there any righteous people in the house? The, the Bible is full of examples where men and women pray and something happens. Hannah prayed, give me a son, 1 Samuel 1, 11. Something happened. Hezekiah prayed, remember me, in Isaiah 38, 2, when he was about to die and something happened. Jabez prayed, enlarge my territory, 1 Chronicles 4, 10. Something happened. Jesus prayed for Lazarus to come forth. Something happened. Are, are, you, are you with me right now? It's time to show Ahab, it's time to show Jezebel that when we pray, something happens. I, you know, we know what the problem is? We keep quiet about our testimony. We, we don't share our answered prayers. We share other stuff. We share silly stuff on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But we should be sharing the answered prayers. Be, 
Instead of getting into politics and what happened over there and what happened over there, instead of getting into areas that divide people, why don't you post the God that answers prayers? No, let me, let, let me not assume anything. Let me not be, let me assume. If God answered at least one prayer in your life that you know it was God, that it couldn't have been man, if you know of one prayer at least that God definitively answered, raise one hand. If there's a couple of prayers that you made that you know if it weren't for God, it's impossible for it to take place, raise both hands. Let me ask even more. In the past two years since COVID started, if God has answered at least one prayer request that you know it was God, raise both hands and a foot. And here's the final question. If you know that the same God who answered the prayers before will answer the prayers that you currently... are ready to walk into a season of answered prayers now let me ask one more time how many of you are willing how many of you are expecting God to answer the prayers you've made regarding your family your health your finances your children your marriage your relationships your generation this nation if you serve the God that answers prayers say amen if you believe that God will answer all your prayers one way or another say amen amen and if you truly believe there's not a devil in hell or a demon on earth that can stop that answered prayer from coming your way, now I want you to give God the best shout of praise you've given him this entire service. God answers prayers. Repeat after me. God answers prayers. I'm here because I'm the result of an answered prayer. My marriage is a result of an answered prayer. My children are a result of an answered prayer. I can tell this church is a result of an answered prayer. I can tell you of breakthroughs I've had in my life because we prayed. Because we came in agreement. On multiple occasions, my wife and I would join hands like this. We would join hands, and whenever we need a special breakthrough, we would say, here it is, God. Show up. And I kid you not, just crazy, how can this, this cannot be the mathematical probability of that happening by coincidence or happenstance. It's way beyond us. God answers prayers. I need you to expect your prayers to be answered. Because I'm telling you, even your haters are going to respect you. Why did Ahab the hater follow the troublemaker? Because he saw God answer his prayer. So I'm here to tell you even the people that came against you are about to respect you, are about to submit to your authority because they're going to see with their own eyes that God answered your prayer. They're going to say about you, they're going to say when they pray, mountains move. This is your reputation coming up. When they praise, heaven shows up. When they shout, walls come down. This is what they're going to say about you. All the Ahabs and Jezebels are going to say this about you. When they love, fear is cast out. When these people, these, these Jesus freaks, hallelujah, weird Christians, when they declare truth, people are set free. When they sow, they reap a harvest. Some of them are so crazy when they speak spiritually into dead bones that dead bones come back to life. And when they come together in the name of Jesus, heaven descends and everything happens. Raise your right hand. Repeat after me. When I pray, well, say it like you believe it. Say, when I pray, I need you to activate your Elijah swag. Say, when I pray, 
something happens. When I praise, something happens. When I do God's word, something happens. When I lay hands on the sick, something happens. When I take care of the poor, something happens. When I do justice, something happens. And when I call out the name of Jesus, everything happens. Somebody give God one more clap offering. Show up. Speak up. Stand up. Verse 21, chronological order. Then Elijah stood in front of them. I'm sorry. Elijah stood in the back of the line? Uh, he was in a fetal position in back of the line. No. He stood in front. It's time to be the head and not the tail. Deuteronomy 28, 13. It's time to be the head and not the tail. He stood in front. Stand up, speak up, take charge. And then he said, you all have two opinions. This is, this is the point. He said, how much longer will you waver, vacillating, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people. We're completely, and these are the people that never want to take sides. Because it is easier to be silent than to choose sides. Oh, we're going to get in trouble now. Jeremiah 32, 39 says, I will give them one heart in one way. That they may fear me always for their own good and for the good of their children. The Bible says. That if you refuse to take the side of righteousness, your children will pay the price. There is a generation that's waiting for you and I to rise up and decide whether or not the Lord is God. Or is it Baal? We live in an interesting time. Not just in California and America, but around the world. We live in a time where it is all, it's moral relativism is, is the term for it. It's just this idea there's no truth. There is no math. There's no science. It's all experiential. It's what you perceive it to be, what you deem it to be. And that's the, the reality we're living in. I'm going to say something that's a little bit edgy. And I mean, there's a good possibility that 50% of you may disagree with it. And it's okay. It's all right because God still answered my prayer. So I just want to say this. When I was growing up, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, 13, 14, I'll even tell you this. 15, 16, all the way till I got married. I lived in my house with my mom and my dad. I, you know, my, my first memories are when I was three, four, five, six years old. I remember my mom waking me up every Sunday morning. She would put on, back in the day, we would dress up. I had a tie. She would put a tie on, a little tie when I was, I was just adorable. I was just so adorable. Still, God still answers my prayers, haters. She would put a lot of super gel on my hair. It looked like a cow licked me. <laughs> There's pictures of this, true pictures. I'm not making it up. And every she would take me to church and I would go. I could, I could never imagine me one day when I was 11 or 12 looking at my mom going like, I ain't going. I'm going to tell you what would have happened. 
My mom is about five feet tall. She claims she's five one. She's five. And little feisty little look. If I would have told my mama when I was 12 years old, mama, I ain't going to church today on this Sunday. I ain't going to church. My mama would have looked at me. And she would have measured me. Like, first of all, she would have looked at me and said, like, I know something's out of alignment. Because I know you ain't talking to me like that. And then the second thing she would have said would be like, I'm sorry. Did I give you a choice? I could have said I'm 12 years old. I'm modern. I have, I'm open-minded. You have to be an open-minded mom. You have to let me develop into my own particularities, my own belief system. You have to embrace my own ideologies. It's a different world out there. It's, I mean, not everybody believes the way you believe. I need to develop what I own believe. I'm going to do my own. My mom wouldn't give a holy hoot. She would look at me and say, boy, until you become a legal adult, while you live in my house, it's not a matter of free will. Let me tell you free will. You do what I will and you will be free. So I want you to get up and you go to church. I thank God that my mama took me to church when I didn't want to go to church. I thank God that I was in services just like this when the power of God showed up and I saw a preacher declare the word of the Lord. I thank God this may be politically incorrect, but we need some people to rise up and have the audacity to look into their family and say, enough is enough. As for me, as for me, as for me and my house, we will serve the living God. Somebody praise like you serve that God. Where the land is, two opinions. Somebody say two opinions. If, we, if you think that you've never been in this place where you're struggling between two opinions, we all do, individually and collectively. There's a constant fight between the flesh and the spirit. There's a constant fight between the past and future. There's a constant fight between memories and imagination. There's a constant fight between fear and faith, the old man and the new creation, the victim you and the conquering you, the emotional you and the logical you, the wounded you and the healed you, the most egregious and unacceptable trigger that prompted Elijah to pray down fire was not just the strife and the discord, it was the silence. It was the silence. Elijah confronted the people with truth, and yet they stayed what? They stayed what? They stayed what? Brothers and sisters, may the following word penetrate the innermost part of your being. Silence is not an option. There is no such thing as silent Christianity. There is no such thing as a Christian on mute. There is no such thing as politically correct believers. There is no such animal as complacent convictions or comfortable courage. A silent church is a dead church. 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 A silent church is, 
A silent church is a dead church. A silent church is a dead church. The virus, the virus affecting the 21st century church is called conformity, complacency, and comfort. We can't be silent. The world's going to hell. Where's the church? How long are we going to hobble, vacillate between two opinions? Some people may feel uncomfortable with this message. Pastor Sam, the last two weeks you've been harsh. I'm not, God is my witness. I don't want to be harsh. I want to be truth-telling. The world's going to hell. We can't defeat Jezebel, Ahab, and Baal by taking them to Starbucks dates and offering them lattes. You have to confront the devil, hell, darkness, lies. We're going to have to stand up and say enough is enough. A silent church is a dead church. There's a virus affecting the church, and it is. I can't deny it. But I have great news about this virus. There's a vaccine for that. Oh, no, there really is. I don't want to get deplatformed. I'm going to mention some names. There's a vaccine for the virus impacting the church. And if you're telling me, are you sure there's a virus in the church? Sure, look at the George Barna study produced two weeks ago. Look at the numbers. It'll, it'll rock you if you're a believer. It'll rock you regarding the number of people that no longer believe. It'll rock you. So don't tell me it's not. Oh, it is. There's a virus. By the way, by the way I'm going to flip that. Generation Z and the alpha generation emerging. And they're saying it is the least. We're talking about there's 35 to 40% of that generation that supposedly is, don't know. They don't know if God is real. They don't, they don't really know if, 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 if he's occupying space in any reality. And they don't really care. So it's don't know, don't care. But I am declaring the opposite. I'm declaring that that generation, the reason the devil is targeting an entire generation is because that generation is about to do greater things for the kingdom of heaven than any other generation in human history. No, no, I kid you not. The reason the devil is after your children and your children's children is because your children and your children's children, they're about to advance the kingdom of heaven here on earth like no other generation. No, I really mean that. There's a generation rising up that's about to shift the atmosphere towards righteousness and justice. We're about to see a crazy generation of Elijah's and Elijah's rise up. Are you with me? This is not a hype generation. It's not a generation full of hype or religion. They love authenticity. They love transparency. They love biblical vulnerability. They want to be real. But when they cast out devils in the name of Jesus, when they lay hands on the sick, the sick recover. And when they say, there is power in the name of Jesus, Jesus shows up. Help. There's a vaccine for that. The vaccine is not from Pfizer, Moderna, or J&J. The vaccine I'm talking about was developed in the laboratory Notice how I said laboratory, not laboratory. Of Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, it was patented, I have the patent date here, it was patented in Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm here to tell you, a church that is filled with God's Spirit will never be silent. 
Acts 2.14, filled with the Spirit, Peter stood up, raised his voice. We're about to see that reality. It's time to speak up. I need you to look at me. Silence is no longer an option. You will not be silent when the enemy tries to take away your joy, your peace, your life. You will speak up. You're, you're not going to be the victim. You're not going to be sucking your thumb. You're not going to go on social media, post a picture, and say, woe is me. No, Elijah. You're going to stand up even when they accuse you. You're going to stand up and say, enough is enough. You're going to say, no, I'm not going to bow to Baal. My children will not bow to Baal. My family will not bow to Baal. My generation will not bow to Baal. Matter of fact, you're going to go crazy and say, the only one that we will bow before is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Host of Hosts, and the Prince of Peace. Because the Bible says, every knee, every knee, and every tongue that are you ready to see the world bow in the presence of Jesus? Acknowledge the presence of Jesus. We're done. Repeat after me. It's time to speak up. In front of Pharaoh, Moses stood up and spoke up. In front of Goliath, David stood up. In front of the Babylonian king, Daniel stood up. In front of all humanity's sins, Jesus showed up, spoke up, stood up. We either show up with the power of God or bow in the presence of Ahab. We either speak up with truth and love or bow in the presence of lies and hate. We either stand up in the name of Jesus or bow in the presence of Baal. We can't remain silent. Silence is not an option. Silence was not an option for Joshua and the Israelites when the walls of Jericho stood in their way. Silence was not an option for Daniel when the governmental authorities forbid him from praying. Silence was not an option for a crying prophet named Jeremiah. When he tried to stay quiet, when they tried to silence him, put him in a pit, he eloquently stated something so powerful. He said, I can't stay quiet because the word of the Lord is like fire. fire. Shut up in my bones. Silence is not an option. It was not an option for the blind man Bartimaeus. When they told him, you need to shut up and lower your voice. Jesus was walking by. The man was blind, so he shouted, Son of David. He started praising him. And the people around him said, Shut up. You're making a full of spectacle. Shut up. And the Bible says, When Bartimaeus was told to lower his voice, what did he do? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I need you to hear that. What do you think the devil's been trying to do in your life and hell's been trying to do in your life? Lower your volume. Put your mouth on mute. All the enemies... Your past is telling you to shut up. Your memories are telling you to shut up. Your flesh is telling you to shut up. Sin is telling you to shut up. Culture is telling you to be quiet. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Somebody open up your mouth and say, I'm about to raise my volume and usher in silence. prophet opened up his mouth three years before and what happened to the rain? The rain. Three years later he prays for fire. He convenes everyone. He prayed, fire! And what happened? Then 
praise for, and then it what? So then Jezebel sent out a message after all these things. This is for the guy who opens up his mouth. Here's the message. I'm going to shut your mouth. I'm going to kill you. She actually sent a message that in 24 hours, I'm going to kill you. Guess what Elijah did? He did. He ran. He ran. He hid. He got into a depressive state, went into a cave. He ran. And, and when he, and his mouth was what? Stop. What did Jezebel attack? She wanted him what? The enemy attacks the area in your life where you carry an anointing. No, you missed it. If the enemy is attacking your finances, it's because you carry an anointing to get people out of generational poverty once and for all. If the enemy is attacking your health, it's because you are anointed to lay hands on the sick and they will be healed in the name of Jesus. No, if the enemy is attacking your mind, it's because you have an anointing to get people out of anxiety and depression and set their mind free by the authority and the power of heaven. If the enemy is attacking your family, it's because you have an anointing for the family. So whatever you're anointed in, that's what Jezebel will target. I don't know if you're getting this. If any of you have suffered any spiritual attack in the past three years, raise a hand. If you suffered a lot more than you signed up for, raise both hands. I'm here to tell you, put a smile on your face. The enemy's been attacking the same area you carry an anointing in. But I want you to hear me. Praise be the Lord. Jesus guarantees the victory in every battle, in every circumstance, in every conflict, in every confrontation. The Bible says that Jesus is your perfect victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. What does that mean? Put a smile on your face because the anointing on you cannot be stopped. The anointing on you will not be stopped. The anointing in you cannot be held back. All the anointed people, lift up your hands. All the anointed people who have been attacked by the enemy, and it could be external or even internal thoughts, realities, sin, temptation, and attack, whatever it may be. If you, if you are anointed and you've been attacked, raise both hands. This message is for you. Just like Elijah came out of that pit, that cave, not only are you coming out, your anointing is about to increase in such a way that the, you're going to have spiritual sons and daughters following you wherever you go. You're about to pass a mantle of legacy of faith. You're about to transfer that anointing to the next generation. What am I telling you? Get ready. You're not going to occupy some of God's promises. Let me reiterate. You're about to occupy all of God's promises in Jesus' name. If you believe that the Spirit of God in you, the anointing, 1 John 2.27, is much more powerful than anything the devil can send your way, if you believe that God is greater than any hell that can come your way, if you believe that God's Word is more powerful than the enemy's Word, then I want you to rise up today and lift up your hands and just declare in the name of Jesus.
Jesus that you are about to function on the anointing. He attacks your writing if you're a writer. So you get writer's block. Okay. If you would only understand this, he attacks your voice if you have a voice. But, someone say, but God. Someone say, but God. Greater is he. Even that phrase, say, greater is he. That is, say it like it's all yours. Say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If God be for us, I said, if God be for us, I said, if God be for us, who can be against us? Should we believe God's word? Well, there's a little verse called Luke 10, 19. It has a little promise there. It's pretty crazy. I quote it almost every single day. Kind of crazy what it says. It says, I have given you power. No, but it's crazy. It's too crazy. Even repeating it makes you feel like a freak, like a nut. Like, is this real? This is Jesus speaking to his disciples, us collectively now. I have given you. Crazy verse. Should I repeat it? It's just, it's just, it's just nutty. I have given you power over all the powers of the enemy. And nothing the enemy can do will harm you. Somebody open up your mouth like you know. Are there any Elijahs in the house? Stand with me. The enemy comes after your anointing. Except in the Old Testament, the anointing was, a, was an external application of a spiritual dynamic that had limitations due to the law. Aha! In the New Covenant, the anointing was not just the oil symbolic that just flowed through Aaron's beard and the Leviticus principle. No, in the New Covenant, 1 John 2.27, the anointing is actually the person, the Holy Spirit. So it's not oil on you, baby. It's God in you. Show up. If you don't show up in life, nothing will change. Don't forget, show up physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. Show up completely. Be present. Stop swiping and be there. Show up. Speak up. Don't let circumstances put that mute button on your life and your journey. You're beautiful. You're anointed. You're gifted. God has purpose for you. Don't let your past silence you. What you've been through, what you did to yourself, what others did to you, the blood of Jesus forgives all of that. Speak up. Raise your voice. And stand up. Stand up in your family, your home. 
stand up with your own thoughts. Stand up with the man in the mirror. When you wake up in the morning, look at that guy, look at that woman in the mirror. Speak to that person first. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Brush your teeth and, you know, do your mouthwash first. I'm just saying. Stand up. the world, we need a move of God. We're living in dark times. And you're not alive by coincidence. God protected you from stuff that should have taken you out. Some of you shouldn't even be here right now, so get over yourself. You're here by the grace of God. I'm here by the grace of God. None of us deserve to be here if not by the grace of God. He has a purpose for your life. That purpose will come to pass. And I promise you this, if you adhere to God's word, to the finished work of Jesus Christ, you're going to get a reputation. The reputation is this, even from your friends and your haters. Ha, there he goes. I may not stand that guy, but boy, does God ever answer his prayers. I may not stand that lady, I disagree with her postings, but boy, does God ever answer her prayers. That's going to be your rep. God answers your prayers. And that gives you the authority to tell people, serve the living God. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have anointed us and you have placed us on this planet. We're here. Not because our parents didn't have Netflix in your generation. We're here because you ordained us to be alive. You looked at the year 2021, 2022 and you said, who do I want alive to change the world? To fill the world with love and truth, with peace and joy, with righteousness and justice. And, and you selected us. So, Lord, right now, put everything in alignment. Remove conformity and complacency. We pray for a fresh infusion, a brand new dosage, a booster of that vaccine of your Holy Spirit. Pushing back against the virus of conformity and complacency. We embrace it right now by the authority of your word. Lord, today we promise to show up, to speak up, and to stand up. And that's the ecosystem that will change the world. In Jesus' name. If you're in Elijah and you received this spiritually and prophetically, give him the final shout of praise you give him. High five your neighbor. Tell him, show up. Speak up. Stand up. Tell your other neighbor, show up. Speak up. Stand up. Don't move. We have something to give away and a very special announcement to make. Pastor Wayne, come up here quick. Find your offering and your tithing.